0: Welcome into to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Lots of little messages flying through right when we hit record there. Thanks, Hod. But I'm joined this time via phone today. Christopher Keene, how are you doing?
1: I'm well, Ben. And uh, unfortunately, can't be with both of you good selves. But due to some unforeseen circumstances, we push ahead. But I tell you what, I'm mighty jealous of you blokes just enjoying a couple of great Northerns there over in Brighton. It looks delicious. Hod, how are you going?
2: I'm better than you. How is the gastro going there, Kenny? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I... we're
1: pushing through. Yeah, I bet. If uh, if uh, to the listeners, if it's just the Ben and Hod show for a while, you know where I am. <laughs> Now,
2: I uh, yeah, lucky to be here, obviously. Some uh, shit circumstances for you there, Keenballs. Balls, but we will continue on, as Benny always says, always joined by Keeney through thick and thin.
0: It's true. He's. Uh, mm. There's only been one bloke on this podcast that's let us down once, but we won't relive the past, will we? <laughs> but for anyone out there wondering and uh, concerned for Keeney there, he's doing all right. He's just taking the proper precautions in this day and age. Uh, so, good work, mate. You're, just, you're a scholar for the community and, and we take our hats off to you.
1: Well, i tell you what. Unfortunately, we had some uh, ordinary news around one of our league members catching the, the dreaded.
0: That's true. Uh, so I
1: just didn't want to make it. I didn't want to make half the league <laughs> um, just uh, isolating at home. So, best to play it safe.
0: Yeah, and uh, shouts out uh, shout out to Jake, who's listening in, because he's got nothing else to do for the next uh, few days, I'd imagine. It's been about a week now, I think, since he has been isolating.
2: He, uh, I did, did, did contact the great man the other day just to check in, and he's in high spirits, as he always is. He cleans the ring six times a day, and not, not that ring that you're all thinking of. It's uh, the big shiny one, the chip, as he likes to call it. Still so he's, plenty uh, he's of polishing, is he? He is. <laughs> He is. All uh,
0: right, let's move on with some news. Every
2: newsman in this city's laughing at us, and I don't like it.
0: And speaking of the, uh, the inaugural champ who's isolating at home, he, he must have had plenty of time on his hands because he's clearly reached out to Camo and executed a trade, and I reckon it was in within an hour of him announcing that he was actually in isolation. So Camo just saw opportunity to strike and probably hit him up. But uh, it sees Camo bringing Devonta Smith over to his team there, which is a pretty nice get. He's having a nice uh, rookie season and starting to come good. And then Jake taking Tony Pollard a 2023 first and a twenty twenty three second. Uh, I haven't got it here. Is that are they both Camo's picks or are they other people's picks? Do we know? Maybe we can check as the guys check that because they're not saying anything right now. Uh, initial thoughts for me is. I think this was before Devonta played his game last week. So, he's had back-to-back decent games now. So, I think that's a, a nice little building block there for Camo. Uh, and Tony Pollard, I think Jake is hoping will just be a nice insurance play for potentially if Zeke uh, starts to be phased out of that offense.
2: Yeah, it is um, yep. a, a late first 2023 because it'll be Tim Osses, or while well, we expect. So, yep. Tim Osses, uh 2023 and... Uh, first and the second is Manny's so uh, yeah. my initial thoughts on it I actually had a couple of people ask me about this um, not really understanding trade I thought it was pretty fair hmm. um, I think Devonta Smith has appreciated in value since the time of the draft and that's I think what people compare everything to the rookie draft um, and he by the time that those picks are being placed by Jake he's going to have appreciated even more, so I think that uh, gets a little lost in translation with reviewing these trades. But I thought it was a good trade.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Um, you're spot on. You might look at it and go, "Well, you know, Jake got Devonta Smith for a late first round rookie pick." But as you said, he's he's done well picking a good player that looks like he's um, you know suitable at NFL level. So then he's cashed in on that uh, increase in value. Um, it was interesting. It was the, the first COVID trade, but, uh, funnily enough, that was Camo's 45th trade he's made <laughs> since the league has started, which is staggering to even get, wrap your head around. Um, I know he, he kind of, he, he kind of fluctuates between going into draft picks and then back into players. He, I remember just not long ago, he had six first round picks. He's down to two. He spent three on Burrow, one on Devonta Smith here. Um, and, like, who knows? He's got two to go. He may make another move. And I think where he's at at the minute is he's thinking, well, I'm pretty much a lock to get in the playoffs. Who knows? You know, anything can happen. Why don't I try and pinch a ring or maybe even win a league? <laughs> that's a f- one way to put it.
2: He got rid of Deshaun Watson, didn't he? <laughs> well, that's a great segue, Ben, because, uh, well, I don't know. I haven't checked my phone as to who that buzzing was at the start of the pod, but if I were to guess, it probably is Presty. And we need a world where Presti and Camo meet because they are two of the most active fantasy traders of all time. And uh, we're just on Devonta Smith. Who knows you? He might have Deshaun throwing him that ball next year, which would be hey. finger-licking be good. Jesus. Oh,
0: Jesus. Back-to-back 20-point back weeks from him. I think he's just showing uh, what he is capable of, and that's on six targets. So... Yeah, very nice performance so far from the rookie, and it's looking like he is definitely the number one man over Rager at the moment.
1: Before we just move on, boys, also, what do we think um, this signals from Jake's point of view? Do we think... Is it a signal of not sure if he can if he can win it this year? Because I would have thought Devonta Smith is a decent part of his ability to compete this year. So he's sort of trading that away for probably a lesser piece, but more picks, obviously.
0: Yeah, I think... Uh At the time, he wasn't that... I think he rated the talent in Devonta Smith, but obviously he wants to diversify the the players on his team. I think he's got a lot of good wide receivers. I haven't really looked at his list, to be honest, lately. Um, I know he got rid of Ridley since that draft, but um, yeah, this is probably just him trying to spread things out a bit, get a bit of an insurance play with Pollard, who's looked good, and then, yeah, get some assets in return to to get rid of a first pick a late first and get a first back is you know he probably sees that as a break even because you don't know where players will go he could go downhill from here for all you know
2: yeah and I I think uh, you know Jake was one of the first after Keeney's last trade to you know signal that the league clearly has a number one uh, or how he saw it so that may have symbolised where he thinks he's at in comparison to the league and he probably, uh, I think, from talking to him, he he already liked a deal on the table, and then it got upped. So I think he's just cashing in a player for a package that he sees a lot more value. So why not? Um, yep. Just while uh, we we attend to some technical <laughs> operations by the host here. Um, now we're good. Eliminator pool. Eliminator
0: okay. pool, and I got to play this one. And we did allude to this last week. It was either going to go one of two ways. We were going to end up with a winner or at least at the bare minimum an elimination and we got the bare minimum, which was one elimination there, but it does mean that it makes it more intriguing uh, for us. Hod, why don't you run through uh, what Paparin Thais have done this week?
2: Yes, so I think these two have picked very similarly the whole way. I think Timos made that point a few episodes ago. But um, it's slim pickings this time of year, which Papa has alluded to. Uh, and he has gone... Phew, pains me to say, but Matt may have just won the uh, eliminator <laughs> here. But he's gone the DFF. Um, to the, he's, he's chosen the DFF over the Stallions uh, this week. And Thais has gone the San Diego Demons... Uh, over scooter this week. So who who are we playing there? The the DFF obviously has myself. Uh, who's Jim got?
0: Um, the demons are playing the stallions. So.
2: Right. And then scooter got yourself. So that's a no brainer there from Matt. So yeah,
0: interesting. But um, yeah, so uh, it's clear to see what Papp is doing. He's got two teams left that both play the dingers in back to back weeks. So he we sort of saved those up. He, last week was his week to try and get your win. On the board, which him and Thais correctly guess, which is actually kind of phenomenal in itself to have a team that's 0 9 and in the eliminator pool actually select them for their first win uh, 10 weeks in is pretty good.
2: Well, I'll tell you uh, you who's not happy, and that is the straight cash homies, because three weeks ago, he almost won the 100 on the back of the Dingers and lost by 0.24. And ironically, three weeks later, he chose my opponent for my first <laughs> win of the season. So, shout out to Timos. I don't think he's too happy with me at the moment, but uh, stiff titties.
1: Stiff Jenny? titties indeed. And, and uh, yeah, it looks like uh, there's a good chance we'll have a winner this week, which is good to see. But um, I'll tell you what is a bold strategy, strategy, gents, and that is selecting the DFF who are 4-19 and in his existence in this league as... Basically your grand final pick in the Eliminator Oh boy, wowee
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a bold strategy, Cotton That's for sure um, But yeah, I think this will be an interesting one We did have a potential if Papa had have picked uh, the Stallions It would have been a head-to-head So this could go on for another week But we'll have to wait and see
2: What was that? I heard something, then I saw something You didn't hear anything, man and uh, in our weekly reviews, we're going to change it up here, and I think I may have suggested this one because we are going to review our own games here. So suck it up, Jim, and buckle in for a little bit. But the Dingers for their first win out of the first ten have defeated the Jim City Stallions one hundred one to eighty eight. That is triple figures, listeners, for the Dingers. Triple figures.
0: Well, um, h- hold on, Hod. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying. Here we go. I think I can hear something going on. You said you got a win there, did you? I did. <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting YouTube ads to kick in there, so fuck you, YouTube. Hang on.
2: I've just realised that this is <laughs> greed.
1: Yeah, correct. Number one. But number two, why are we making a bigger deal of this? It's your what? first win of the year, hot.
0: That's what I was trying to go for. And here we go. YouTube ads are finished now. Here we go. And we got to kick off your first win for the season. and there you go I accidentally unplugged the computer ending. that'll do whatever uh cool in the gang to bring it in I I Keeney messaged me I don't know this is where I was tr- what I was trying to do before Hod when you were trying to buy some time in uh a bit earlier but Keeney messaged me and said what about cool in the gang for Hod's win I was going to hold off because we actually used to play cool in the gang when all three of us had a win and uh one of us let us down this week Keeney who might that have been Jeez. Oh. What are the odds oh, that a bloke's Jesus. undefeated all season and a bloke hasn't had a win all season and then you flip-flop in the one week? It's fucking bullshit.
2: That is. Anyway. That's amazing. But Keeney, uh I apologise for my colour blindness just before. This is your game. I've hijacked it. I got nah. excited. I read the dingers. And uh, I'm, we're going to stick to the rundown and you're going to run us through nah, what nah, I nah. did.
1: Mate, rightfully so. It's The first win you've had, I reckon, keep going. You're, you're on fire. You're up and about. You got some passion. I want to hear it. Go oh, for it. All right. That was that was
2: a rhetorical question. Anyway, I was going to do it. So here we go. Um, so what? Let should we just bring up the polls just for the sake of doing? So we'll remind you love everyone. A poll. Oh yeah. So we'll remind everyone that uh, I was a thirty six percent chance for um, by the league last week, and sleeper had me even less. Uh, who was our sponsor last week? I can't remember.
0: Uh, oh, was, steamy. Steamy. No, no. It was digits. It was. Greg, wasn't it? Oh, Greg. <laughs> Greg's digits. <laughs> There's another
2: ironic piece that Jim's let Greg down when he sponsored the show. Too
1: distracted. Oh, oh
2: Jesus. It's the,
1: the second time this year he's let him down.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs> um, but we'll, uh, we'll air out Jim's thoughts here because, quite frankly, who gives a shit? We'll get to mine in a minute. Um, if I thought Hod had the head wobbles when he was 0 and 9, I could only imagine him walking in to record the pod with his humdinger swinging proudly. It kind of was, wasn't it, Ben? didn't have a lot of clothes on when you got here.
0: I I can confirm he was uh, down to the bare minimum in clothing when I rocked up. He was that excited. And we're having to to record this in the living room area just because he can't fit his head through the door (laughs) to record it anywhere else.
2: (laughs) It was a bit blowy outside. But uh, in seriousness, he called out this week as a winnable game with some crystal balling and he was right. Thank you very much, Jim. And uh, he goes on to say, when Diggs scores more than your entire starting wide receiver lineup, you are gonna have a bad time. Diggsy, that's probably he's been very consistent on the year, mm. um, but hasn't had a, any real big blow up game. So it was nice to see that one come through. And
0: 162 yards, that is large.
2: Yeah, with a little tutty. A nice um, tutty. And last one, serious question. But has Josh Jacobs ever in his career scored more than 15 fantasy points? I swear when he's not injured, he's just shit. Hashtag on the table. Well, there you go. There's a, there's a big news drop. And we'll just, just date back to...
0: What did he say? More than 20? 15. More than 15. Week Mate, one.
1: He scored three touchdowns in week one last year. <laughs> last year or this year?
0: Last year. Last week, year. week one, he scored... This year he scored sixteen, so he just went over that thresh.
2: Well, I can feel Jim's pain because I'm pretty sure in your talks with Big King Henry, uh, he That's was true. pretty keen to hang on to Josh Jacobs over him. So I know That's that true. I know that it hasn't worked out now due to injury, but he was on a crash course for a historical season. So a bit of a bit of a sore point there for Jim. And hashtag on the table, get in uh, before the deadline.
0: Camo's furiously texting right now as he's listening.
2: Absolutely. And uh, we'll get the winner's thoughts here. Uh, the winner <laughs> being me. The, the dingers are hot. The stallions are not. Never in doubt. Someone check my career head-to-head against Jim in all fantasy formats. Yikes. In addition to Jim's. Gyps- Can someone do that? Because I'm pretty sure I have put the Moz on Jim in all fantasy for a long time. In addition to Jim... Here is the list of who would have lost to the Humdingers last week. Papa, Scoot, and the DFF. Life is good, isn't it? And McSnorkel Jones was near perfect. Best of the bunch taken as the fifth quarterback in the rookie draft. I was up and about when I wrote these, wasn't I? Sure, oh, man. yes, I was. And Swag New, There he <laughs> is. The barometer of the dingers. And doesn't he just symbolize the next man up attitude? He comes in, he does his job and gets wins. Digsy leading from the front in a young wide receiver called Judy still building, bro. And Gallup first game back will be better for the run. My name is Jeff, might start this week for the Juicy Niners run game all aboard the Humdinger train. We are up and about down at the Dingers. Oh. And we are a big chance, not to spoil anything, but a big chance to go 2 and 0 in the last 2 weeks. So look out boys are you excited we're we're back on the winning ways except keeney let us down but it's it's been slim pickings for this trio if you include my success this year um so who knows we might all get a win this
1: week mate it was great to uh it was great to see you get the win on the board um and of course it it is um from a from a personal point of view it is grouse v papa week so if you could knock off the DFF this week and knock Pepper out of the Eliminator pool, that would be lovely, but also, you've got quite a lot of motivation to do so as the DFF holds your first round pick, Mm. so even more sweeter, just to knock him off to make sure, potentially that your, uh, your team elevates above him, so looking forward to it
0: you might have missed it before, Keeney, but Hod uh, <clears throat> put a call out for you to check some stats. So, he's looking for an all-time record against Jim in all fantasy formats. So, I don't know if you can well, click away and find that out.
1: Uh, I remember um, doing a bit of an analysis on this a couple of years ago that Jim had your number, Hod. I reckon he had your number big time. It was something like, he was your bunny. It was like one yeah, and nine. No,
2: you're not wrong. That w- it was a long time ago, though, and I think it's completely reversed all right. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but who cares?
0: <laughs> He's up and about. In this get, in this I'll get league,
2: IT on it
1: right now.
0: IT's onto it. Beautiful. Well while IT is on that, uh, I'll move on to the next game, which saw the OJ's legal team one oh seven defeating the Bayside Executioners ninety six and uh it was a pretty one sided opinion according to the league. Only nine percent, which is just one person, I think, gave uh Scoot a chance and he really had every chance to win this. If you actually looked at his lineup. He made a shocking uh, starting lineup decision putting Colt McCoy in as his super flex over Trevor Simeon. Uh, and that pretty much well and truly cost him. I think Colt McCoy scored, I had it up here before, he scored under t- uh, 0.18. That's fucking horrendous. Where Simeon scored 19.92. So, yeah, he'd be pretty, uh, pretty shattered with that one. So. Jake, very, very lucky to get away the win there. Let's have a uh, look at what their thoughts are. So Jake's come out and said, uh, would have been good to wait another week before making the Smith trade. Might have gotten a little more for him. Uh, and that's on the back of, we said earlier, he's gone back-to-back weeks with 20s. I think, I think Hod, you said that Jake clearly tried to cash in on his best week of the season. Um, but you'd rather do that than him go downhill and he- lose value there. Two TDs from non-QBs, shithouse from the legal team, lucky to get a win and final point for Jake is once again, most points scored by any division is the Bo Callahan division, there's no disputing that it's still the best division in the EDL the Macs still have a lot to do and the SWJ division is a disgrace, aside from Camo, he's a gentleman what are our thoughts as uh Two representatives of the other two division boys. Uh, got any thoughts on Jake's shade that he's throwing on the other two divisions there?
2: Uh, you, you go first,
1: Kenny. No, I was just going to say it seems pretty unfounded. I mean, gee whiz, I would have thought the Mac division, the proof's in the pudding. We've just got uh, quality wins all over like what What's the uh, total wins, please? Like, well, give me a spell.
0: Mate, one of your favourite people of all time, I think, uh, had the quote, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer. So, just because you're mm. up and about this season doesn't make you the strongest division, I think, is Jake's point. And I think Manny might have alluded to this last week as well.
1: I just Well, think... well, actually, yeah. I was going to say, before you go on, just quickly, I think Jake's probably got a point only off the back of it really dropping down to more of a three-man division than a four-man division. It was very, very strong Obviously, uh, the start of this year, but it's really petering away and probably the future of the division is more about the, the three at the top rather than the one at the bottom.
0: You're talking about uh, your division, are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow.
2: There's, um, there seems to be a trend out of this division uh, between Jake and uh, Manny that there's a lot of talk about this division. Uh, I think there's some behind-the-scenes work going on and... They're trying a little bit of politics just to force people to conquer and divide or however you want to call it. I just think, uh, well, the proof's in the pudding. Uh, the Vontae Mack division is standing tall. The Sonny Weaver Jr. division is the proof's in the pudding there. We're really not. And your you blokes are somewhere in the middle. So I just don't know where all this division talk. I do like it. I like the division rivalries, um, but there is rivalries within rivalries. So I don't know how much merit it has.
0: That's true, and I would have thought that divisions are built to uh, to turn on each other, not Absolutely. not pump each other up. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know what sort of league we've created, Kenny, but we seem to have created a league where people are uh, uh, trying to pump up their divisions rather than beat the shit out of each other. So, anyway, Scoot's thoughts here is I choked. Poor lineup choice cost me the victory uh, for the bloke I need to keep out of the playoffs. For his pick that I own to be worthwhile. So, absolutely, this was a double-edged sword here, uh, holding Jake's pick there and allowing him to get the win, which uh, must hurt for Scoot because, like I pointed out, with just that one little change of Trevor Simeon, he would have had this game absolutely sewn up. Um, And, yeah, his final point here is pretty succinct. He just says, uh, Matt Sheehan is a fuckhead. So, he's, he's at least consistent in who he... Turns his attention onto there, but um, just quickly, and this is a little side note here. Baker Mayfield, uh, what do you reckon? How do you reckon Jake feels about bringing him into his lineup? He obviously he's got the shoulder injury at the moment, and he hasn't lit the world on fire. But even before the shoulder injury, he's uh, been a bit of a roller coaster. Do you think he'd be happy or disappointed with that trade?
2: Um, I, I'd have to see the trade for what it was um, but just purely speaking on Baker I think I, I think he's going to be a middle of the road steady quarterback he's never going to really turn the um, set the world on fire uh, and he just hasn't had a very good year um, this year I think he's just come out recently as of today I think um, pointing that he's banged up it's not just one injury there's, there's multiple that's never a good sign when the quarterback is talking about his own injuries I think um, that just lowers the mental state. So, yeah, it's interesting times for him. I, I think he really needs the running game to be on strong. Um, having both of those guys out hasn't helped um, to release that play-action game. So, yeah, he would be disappointed.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think you're probably spot on there. If you look at it um, in isolation as, as what kind of QB he is, it's, he's probably been a little bit underwhelming. I mean, you look throughout his entire career, he's been injured a lot throughout his entire career. He's never been higher than QB sixteen in any given year in his first four years in the league, which is interesting. Mm. Um, but I think in terms of the trade that went down here, so just to refresh people's mind, it was a basically a Baker Mayfield for Ben Roethlisberger swap, a uh, Mike Williams for Brandon Cooks and Nelson Aguilar swap, and then um, and then obviously Jake threw in a first rounder as well. So he's upgraded at QB, no doubt. He's upgraded at wide receiver. And it cost him a first rounder So I think in sort of totality there That, that trade for Jake is lo- looking okay mm-hmm. um, But in terms of Baker individually It's probably been underwhelming
0: Yep I, I think Yeah Obviously his injuries are, are pretty shit this year But if he can finish his Or continue his career Just getting sort of your 15s each week That's a pretty nice little piece to have on your bench In a super flex league well, it just it just mm. begs a question
2: and as well. When you know when you don't have a really strong quarterback room, can you make decisions um, that come across maybe as desperate, or you're mm. trying to fill that really important position with someone so-so, um, hoping for that next jump? And if if it doesn't happen, then so be it. But yeah, looking at that trade now, you say that Keeney. I um, I didn't realize it was a Mike Williams trade. So that's obviously a significant upgrade there. I think that softens
1: the
0: blow a yeah. bit. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, and I just I did get I T on uh, that request from you, Hod, and I think you've lost the plot to be honest, because that was the <laughs> first time you've that was the first time you've knocked Jim off in the EDL for <laughs> starters. Given given where both teams were at last year. So talk about recency bias. He's had one win and all of a sudden he's Jim's bunny, but but um, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story, uh, Hod. That's exactly right. Um,
2: I think Jim's first point that he made about the head wobbling may have got to me. and <laughs> But I I would encourage you to check your IT sources. Oh, I'm not sure that's entirely correct, but we'll, we'll push
1: on. Yeah, we will. Um, and as it is uh, as, as it is Grouse the Punisher's Week, I have the privilege now of, reviewing the prestige worldwide 142 knocking off papa's punishes 81 the biggest blowout of the week in the league 61 points was the margin papa only put up 81 himself it was an absolute shellacking and i tell you what in the preview matt had some pretty strong words here about how little a rivalry this is and how all of his team whether it's fantasy or actual real life they tend to just own Papa and smack him every time. And boy, oh boy, wow, did he come through with the goods. It was the ultimate flex by Thais. But uh, with the most lopsided contest this week, it appears it was pretty accurate. Um, And a really good point here at the end here. It appears Papa has been giving our punters club as much attention as he has the punishers of late. Absolutely putrid form all round. That's a really good point, whoever wrote that. 100%. it's whilst there may be some sort of zen action going on, the intensity level in into which he is living his life day to day is at a troubling low for mine. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's start, let's get on with this game. It was uh, I enjoyed it because uh, Pappas just falling away pretty quickly. sayas um, here didn't have much to say. This bloke is pretending to be zen, but we all know privately he is fuming because his team is simply not good enough. I'll reserve any trash talk for teams that are actually in contention this year. How about them punishers? (laughs) Ben, did you have something you wanted Uh, to add?
0: I was just going to say, I think this is is a bit unfair. It's a bit of a piling on session right now. Everyone's just getting... I I think credit to Papa. Things aren't going his way. Injuries are not going his way. His team's not scoring to the potential that it has. And he's still keeping calm about it, I think... Full credit in this day and age to be so calm and relaxed when uh, things aren't going the way they should be.
2: I just love that you, you're the first to fly in for his defense, but you're also the first to laugh at Keaty's comment
0: because <laughs> you really do love it. <laughs> oh, I forgot I was near uh, And
1: final point from <laughs> Thais. Final point from Thais here now. He, he, skipped, he skipped the uh, reviews last week, but he, didn't skip, he won't be skipping the reviews this week. Speaking of irrelevance, can we get a Tassels update, please? He's back. Joshie Washy, he had, it uh, was uh, old uh, White Lotus, there was no answer for Joshy Washy and the Buffalo Bills on the weekend, no doubt about that. Um, we talked about Papa's Zen. We've, we've all talked about how rubbish it is and how really wimpy sort of stuff it is, but uh, the cracks aren't only appearing here for the Punishers, they are widening by the day. Here's some further evidence for the listeners when we get to Pappas' comments on this matchup, just a reminder, he lost by 61 points and only scored 81 himself. Um, Why does Mr. Irrelevant, Matty Mac, think he has a rivalry with me? Seems to be some cracks in the grammar also. Uh, (laughs) As the great Notorious said, who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) And now now we get to some real sort of... Yeah, Biggie Smalls, I think. It must have been. I'm not sure. Is that the reference? you both should know more
0: than me. I reckon it might have been Connor.
1: Oh. Yeah, Connor McGregor. Ah. Keeney's crack at Irish just threw me.
0: Well, that's why we threw Keeney onto these comments because he looks a bit like Connor mm. McGregor.
1: (laughs) Well, Pappa's sort of form is sort of in line with how Connor's been going in recent times in the UFC as well. So, um, it's probably pretty relevant. But um, his second point was really, after the last two weeks, the OJ's legal team couldn't even catch me for points. Somebody's getting healthy. Now, he wanted me to say that in a Happy Gilmore voice, so I can only imagine he wanted it to go like, Somebody's getting healthy. But I'm not actually sure he is when we actually get to his matchup, but uh, looking forward to it. And this has become a common. Sorry, Ben, did, did I do that incorrectly? But I was
0: I... going to say, What version of Happy Gilmore have you? <laughs>
1: Isn't it somebody learned how to putt?
0: Yeah. I I don't know if it was... I don't know. Maybe we can put that in the side-by-side on our Instagram page and get the uh, people out there to vote on whether they think your uh, impression there was accurate.
1: Uh, That sounded like... Maybe I should have gone... I was going to say, maybe I should have gone, somebody's getting healthy. Uh Uh-oh. Is that better? My take on it was (laughs) that was the dubs off
2: Squid Games. (laughs) That was... Yeah, ordinary.
0: Well, it's funny you you bring that in. I will interrupt because uh, you mentioned somebody's getting healthy. (laughs) And welcome back to Saquon Watch. It's been a few weeks since we've uh, had this feature on the podcast. And just for all those listening out there and wondering where Saquon Watch is currently standing, uh, Saquon Barkley currently running back 44 on the season, but... He's coming back this week and only 90.5 points off the fifth spot, which is where all the biscuits currently stand. So uh, watch out Keeney, mate. How many weeks left in the season? Do... About four, three or four weeks left to catch that 90 points.
1: Yeah, and I do like a full-body Shiraz. So just with that in mind, um, <laughs> we'll keep updating every, all the listeners on uh, Saquon Watch as we go. But this has become a this has become a common sort of go-to zinger, if you like, for Papra. It's not it's not really that funny, to be honest. But uh, he's going to keep going with it. Another huge week for wide receiver one, DJ Moore. Stand up and take notice, people. As a great haircut, once told me, some are playing checkers while others are playing chess. So he's beating that drum about DJ Moore.
0: He's not going to let that more than go easy. Than he's he? beating
1: his Punisher. <laughs> Well, Papa is the
2: king of deflection, so anything to take our uh, eyes off his form, he will do so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Saquon Watch, uh, Papa did message me and said, just needs back-to-back 50-point games, and he's back in this. So watch out, Keeney. He is coming. But we'll move on Three now four. to our next game, which was the San Diego Demons defeating the DFF 105-81. Um, look... Camo's thoughts here is just get the hearse for the curse. Finally, he's kicked it. Yeah. For being the bunny last yeah. year, the D- DFF, he's he's put that to bed now. Everyone in this league thought that Camo was a bit of a shoe in for this matchup, but Camo was fairly nervous, wasn't he? Keeney? fill us in on some of uh, Camo's thoughts leading into this.
1: No, in all seriousness, he had he had sleepless nights. Um, he was texting me relentlessly, <laughs> saying That's how nervous whiskey. he actually was. Yeah, the whiskey was out, um, but he was having he was having some flashbacks for last year. But, but what we can now reveal to the listeners is that every single league member has officially beaten the DFF, which is a great Happy time.
0: days. Happy days. Well, about time it happened. He said, still can't believe I lost to the DFF twice last season. Maybe he can trade a few cans of WD40 for a running back.
2: But did did he really? Oh. Like, if you check with Keeney's IT sources, who, who really knows what happened? Oh.
0: Well, based off this current week, it's almost like he's had a number on the DFF for the, this entire career, uh, off your logic there, Hod. But but he follows it up there, uh, <laughs> saying that he maybe uh, needs to get some trades done with some WD-40, saying, seriously though, DFF, if you want to trade, he is available. So come I was just letting you know there. Uh, and finally, in other news, get around the dingers. Even though I hate that organisation, I was happy to see them chalk up a W congrats some more love divisional love i hate this shit this is this is just it's come on we're doing a psa right now to everyone in the league fuck it this is divisional weeks we set this up as a league so that we f- we go into the playoffs with divisional games because we want to build this disdain towards every other team in our division and we're just fucking loving it up when another team wins it's it's sick
2: it's a mutual respect in
1: fact, that's what it is is it Oh, I was just saying. Is it though? Because he did say, even though I hate the organisation. Yeah, that's so all smoke I, I, um, screens. At least yeah. Smoke screens. Yeah, but, but so is the. I'm happy to see them get a W. It's almost like the little brother. Like, oh, that's nice. You got you got a little something. So you got a little show bag. That's nice. Got the Check little. It on now. Off you go. Off you go. Relevant. Off you go.
0: The McDonald's Achievement Award. A little small cheeseburger meal. Yeah, that's well, what
1: participation sort of stuff. <laughs> as long as it was the Hubba
2: Bubba show bag, it's oh. all good
0: bit of sticks and pops. Mm. Uh, we'll move on to Steph here, who he said, I had one healthy RB on my roster last week. Boo-hoo. I'm not really sure what you mean by that, Steph. Are you highlighting how shit your roster management is that you only had one running back that you could play, that you've got no depth? I don't know. I'm a bit confused by that, so maybe you uh, can fill us in. If you want, Duke Johnson, he's available uh, to bring in. <laughs> um, what th- he says what the fuck Mike Gusecki zero catches from seven targets that's got to be up there with a the record seven targets and not able I didn't see any of these were they catchable did well, you guys watch it I, there was no. a few
2: that were I, I don't I can't comment on that but what he did have was at times a right handed quarterback and then at times a left handed so it might have thrown him spinning right off spinning
0: differently was it, it Was spiraling
2: yeah, one's, one's the goose or the duck what, what, what did Manning used to throw uh, Not spirals. um, Noodle. Little noodle noodle. um,
0: floaters. Yeah, the floaters. And uh, his final point here is about Jimmy Garoppolo, which just reminded me of a conversation I had with the DFF last week, but I'll, I'll read his thoughts first. He said, Jimmy Garoppolo scored more than Justin Herbert. Talking about Jimmy G, he is three years younger than Stafford and played a lot better. Inquire within three first rounders will cut it for the New Orleans Saints QB1 2022. Oh, crystal balling.
1: As, is there on that?
0: something there, Keeney? Is he is he having an intentional dig for a reason?
1: Uh, I don't know. Who knows with the DFF, mate? Seriously. Who would know with that bloke? But I yeah, I don't know where he's getting the uh, Saints QB1 2022 rubbish from.
0: Not sure either. But I, I can fill in the listeners out there. So going into uh, that matchup, DFF asked me a genuine question when we called up and he said, do you reckon Jimmy G can score 40 points? <laughs> I would probably not.
1: <laughs> Maybe for the remainder of the I year. Do, I do in, I do. enjoy that he's pumping up how good Jimmy G is. And then after trying to trade him. 80, he's trying to trade him, but he also scored 81 for the week. so Yeah. Nah, going That's well. Imagine cool. if Jimmy G wasn't good.
0: Imagine if he had healthy running backs that he'd be up and about. You should have kept Joe Mixon. He had a good team. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah,
1: Smoke and Joe, Smoke and Joe. But uh, we'll move on to second last game. I reckon we're going to review here. The Park City Lions one fifty two. Our top scorer of the week defeated the Johnny United Haircuts one twelve. Pretty uh, comfortable in the end. And as you will recall, to avid listeners of this podcast, the luscious locks of Ben, which are still flowing, due to the W
0: don't know if you can they hear the, the hair line. flicks through the microphone. I'll
1: keep going. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, for the listeners, it is still quite luscious and long, but they were put on the line. Um, was it going to be a distraction? Who, kno- who knows? But it turns out it wasn't, and it turns out it probably galvanised the group, if anything, the, the Cubs, the Lions, um, who managed to leapfrog the prestige worldwide for the cash this week with a top score of 152. Now, George Kittle, Benny, he's... Uh, you uh, invested pretty heavily in him, and it's good to see that you're finally getting some actual return from him after his injury. In uh, after his injury this year, but uh, the real story is that trade you did three weeks ago. Now, I'll be the first to admit I thought it was probably in Hod's favour that one, and I think a, a few other league members did as well. But gee whiz, Debo Samuel is on fire! Is he top five wide receiver? He'd almost have to be, I'd say.
0: I think so, and I think uh... um, he is flying. He beat some stat for Jerry Rice in the first eight weeks of most yards after catch through eight weeks or something ridiculous like that. So when you're beating Jerry Rice stats, you're having a pretty good season. He's a beast.
1: Well, it's not like the Americans to pull out a stat suits narrative, but uh, that's good for uh, good for Debo. Good to hear. The other major talking point for the Park City Lions and almost putting the rest of the league on notice here is how good it was to see Mahomes back to his oh, normal yeah. self five. Touchdowns in that one. And uh, Benny is hoping that that's the Patty Mahomes that we see for the rest of the year. And it's a good thing that he didn't pull the trigger on a very, very enticing trade with Mike White, the White Lotus, <laughs> um, and Manny. So I think it was Mahomes for Mike White straight up. Oh, uh, it was uh, Mahomes. He, he opted for five TDs.
0: I think he said Mahomes plus for Mike White. That's what oh, he Mahomes put on the table. Plus. Yeah, yeah. So it was tempting. Yeah.
1: Well, it was he ended tempting. up. Yeah, he ended up wanting to uh, hold on to the five TDs versus the four interceptions, which was a probably a good deal in the end. Um, now, Manny, a few points here from from Manny. Felt a bit nervous at the midpoint after I was projected to win. Have a listen to this. So, basically, for the listeners at home who don't uh, know what's going on here, Manny is wanting Jake and Ben in particular to try and make the playoffs, which would then obviously push one of the members of the Vontae Max division out of the playoffs, as he has all of the Vontae Mack divisions first rounders, so that would ensure a top six pick for him. Um, so it is in his best interest that uh, Ben and Jake, which we'll get to in the previews, keep winning uh, for his team. But uh, he benched Hunter Henry here just to shave a few points. Now, this is this isn't mm. in the spirit of uh, the EDL. I wasn't actually aware that he benched Hunter Henry for. Not even sure who he played in the end. I'm hoping it was a a relatively decent player. And I know I've already had communications with Steve this week about he was wanting to bench his entire roster against Jake this week, but that will not be on. You play the best roster you possibly can, um, and what will be will be.
0: it, It was either Van Jefferson who played in the later game, most likely him, or it could have been Jeremy McNichols, which if it was that, that's pretty putrid.
1: Yeah, it's a little putrid, but um, in the end it wasn't even necessary because of uh, the man we talked about just then, Debo, turning on the Jets. I think he had a receiving and a rushing touchdown. He did. And it ended up being a pretty comprehensive win for the Park City Lions. Um, Now now we get to a little bit of gloating and divisional gloating. It it seems to be pretty common. But once again, the sensible haircut in the top five scoring team for the week. No surprises there, but no doubt the Vontae Mack, centric power rankings will have the sensible haircuts in the bottom four once again. Yeah, a little bit uh, little bit testy there from uh, Steve. He's not overly happy with what's going on there with the power rankings. But I will say uh, it's not just us, mate. It's kind of everyone. I know everyone likes the Max division, but there may be a reason for that. Um, and then his third point, Ben, just to throw a little shade your way, but he said, I hate to say it, but the Park City lines are just making up the numbers.
0: <laughs> it's a bit rough. <laughs> He's just he's salty sure he, for the week. Salty that he didn't get these locks trimmed to a nice short back and side, so I'll, uh, I'll cop that.
2: I, I do appreciate you did uh, mention the Park City Lions, but Manny has actually put that into a little uh, acronym there because I think he might be tapping into Ben's love for abbreviating words like TNF. Uh, and now he's calling the Park City Lions PCL. Maybe we'll get. Uh, yeah,
1: that's not. That's not good karma for you, Ben. That your acronym is PCL. Yeah, yes. I, know. I was going to say we'll
2: get Manny on for the injury segment. Um, uh, <laughs> going with the posterior cruciate ligament, but anyway,
0: posterior like post-season. That's all I read into. That. Oh, hey? I see
2: what you did there. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll get on to this barnstormer, which wasn't in the end. Uh, but the straight cash homies have snuck out a win with a 117, defeating the Grouse, the undefeated Grouse, 114. Now, this was a landslide by the league, 91% to the Grouse. Only one person gave Timos a chance. It was probably himself. Um, And Sleeper thought, well, not as much of a landslide, but 70-30. But we did ask the question, whose flames will be doused this week? And we didn't really think it'd go this way, but... Timos faced, well, there's no doubt about this. Timos faced an unfortunate situation going into this week with uh, some serious firepower missing from the lineup. So don't hear what I'm not saying here. But to get a win with a score of 117 against the top team in the comp, fully healthy, pretty much, who's been averaging 160 points per week, is incredibly lucky no matter what way you try and spin it. This could be a sliding doors moment for the homies. These are the sorts of wins that set up the good fortune you need to make a run at a title in this silly game we call fantasy football. Mm. A quick thought on that, Keeney?
1: No, you are spot on, mate. It's uh it's a it's a good reminder to to everyone just how uh, fickle fantasy can be. And um, you know, as as you touched on, credit to Timos getting the win here. He had a heap out. Um, we'll get to it in a sec in the in the review, but um, he obviously he had a heap out, but he was probably fortunate and good on him for for having Deionis Johnson and and his boy Tyler Conklin can go get fucked, but uh, that was pretty handy for him as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, any any given week, any any kind of result can happen. I think he, I think I had four total touchdowns and my QBs combined for one touchdown and four interceptions or something like that. So that's what can happen in fantasy.
2: Yeah, I think it's one of the most underrated. Uh, stats, if you want to call it, but getting wins with low scores uh, can really shape your season because uh, you're going to put up your big scores no matter what when you win. Like, for example, Keeney hasn't hasn't scored under 140 for the whole year, so every win has been 140-plus. Okay. This is Tim's third win, 137 points or below. So th- these are the sort of things, that's why I'm saying it could be a sliding doors moment. Timos has now got a nice bank in wins, Um where he might not have to compete on points. So it's a really important one for him. But uh, thoughts from the loser here. Uh, no excuses from the grouse. When your opponent has the calibre of Kyle Murray, Alvin Kamara, Chase Claypool and Julio all out, you shouldn't be losing. But fair play to Tim Moss with the addition of Deernest and Tyler Conklin off waivers, basically getting him the win in this one. CMC is back. He is one of the scariest propositions to come up against because of this insane usage. What impact will Cam have? We will wait and see. You're stealing my thunder there, Keeney. That's in my preview. Oh, sorry. Uh, Looking forward to down, to a downgrade in opposition this week after the strength of the McMahons over the past couple of weeks. There's just a bit more shade. This is the theme here of this show. He's uh, punishing the Punisher, I think, but uh, will be a welcome change for the Grouse. Timos, he's actually got some notes. Well, I'll, I'll- hey,
0: I'll jump in here because I'll start off with, here is a direct quote which was delivered to me on Sunday the 14th of November. So, this is before any any snaps were taken in the NFL. Uh, Timos wrote to me, apologies for the lack of notes as of late slash ever. I'm often too busy during the week, <laughs> so I've decided to get in early. So... For all the listeners out there, these are Timos's early thoughts. This is how he was trying to crystal ball the entire week and hope that we wouldn't notice. But let's see if uh, if any keen listeners out there happen to notice whether this was an early crow.
2: Well, we've been trying to bring this segment back, so we'll give it a crack via Timos. Double cash up for grabs this week, and the boys from the homies must feel that they have enough cash because none of them were keen to play. Congrats to the grass. <laughs> simply too good. Even though I disagree with taking advantage of the senile... Yep, this is definitely Tim's work. Uh, take it, taking advantage of the senile with Scoot, giving him Stafford, MVP. Cook, best running back in the league. Adams, top wide receiver. Keep stroking your white fluffy cat, you evil mastermind, because it is definitely working. You have built an unbelievable team and should win three in a row.
0: Okay, so we can tell that this hasn't aged well because his three players, the MVP that he pointed out, Needed to score only 12 to get the victory for UK and he put up a nine. So, uh, not a tick there. His other one was Dalvin Cook, who uh, had a decent week, 19. It was, okay. it was okay. And then Devontae, a bit low for him, scoring an 11. So, he's a bit... Uh, he's washed out a little bit there. Heavy, I'm Moz.
2: More, I'm more interested in this fluffy white cat. Um, but... But anyway, Tooth. we'll get to that maybe a bit later. It's an honor to take out the eliminator tipping. Papa once said, Kelsey to score a touchdown is a layup. But we all know Jim to beat Hod is the easiest layup going around. Well done, Jim. While we are on Papa, I'd like to say I'm all for this newfound zenness. The old Papa is like a fat toddler throwing a tantrum in aisle three. I don't think we need that in our
1: lives.
0: Oh. oh shit. We need See, more this, of this, this early makes, crow. This,
1: this makes me sad this makes me sad because of what we're missing out on a weekly basis. That was outstanding.
0: If only it was factually accurate. Doesn't <laughs> it matter. Have.
1: It's still good material.
0: <laughs> oh uh, amazing. He went I reckon he went about 0 for five in that prediction there, but which, very, which, which yeah, one but was
2: the correct the, the fat
1: toddler in aisle three? Yeah.
0: Well yep. but he, he
1: earned his win off the back of that. I can, I'm happy to give him the win off the back of that review. That was outstanding. You do know what is in aisle three.
0: Ooh. Know, which go fill us in.
1: Dingers.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are they real? Yeah.
0: Oh, goodness. Well, let's see if uh, if Timos' success and your falling short this week has an effect in the power rankings. That's the power of love.
2: Not a lot of change here in the bottom third round. Uh, a bit stiff, I would have thought. I think it was close for uh for memory. Oh yeah. Mm. But uh Ooh, yes. the dingers do win and stay on last position. Uh, I can one confirm
0: one point separated you. One point. Yeah. One drink. One. Who'd
2: yeah, you, so we,
1: we had one we had one team not enter the form, so it was a five V six for the twelve seed. If you like, Ooh. just who going
2: the uh, thing is. I'll put you on the spot. Who did you vote for in eleven and twelve?
0: Uh, I, I definitely put went eleven.
1: Thank you, Kenny. Yes, the DFF got my number twelve vote. Wow,
2: damn it! I was hoping to have some shade on the IT uh, support service again, but uh, I'm glad you blokes have it uh, all sorted in those minds. Uh, the DFF at eleven. I didn't think you've lost. Um, the Bayside Executioners at 10. So those three unchanged. And what we do have, though, is the loser on the week, the Stallions. I've brought him down to the bottom Ooh. third. Drink. He's come back and... Dragged him down. Yes. Uh, his 3-7 and seven record lands him in the ninth position.
0: All right, well, uh, because Jim fell down into that bottom third run, it means that someone has jumped their way up, and that was the losers in the Johnny Unitas haircuts. The straight back and sides, even with a loss, found their way, moving up to the eighth spot there, up one from last week. Uh, and another bit of movement here in the middle, boys, and that is at the seventh spot, we are finding in what we said was a lock for top six, we thought, just about all season, uh, Pappa's punishers find themselves... No. At the number seven spot with a record of five and five. So how do you reckon do you reckon he'll be in aisle three after finding that out?
2: He might be in aisle well, eleven
1: with the Omo. In fair <laughs> fairness, he's got the seventh best record in the league. No, so he's getting a slot at number seven.
0: That checks out. Um yeah, so moving <laughs> down to the seven there, which means that uh the three seed currently is just Just slotted his way up to number six there with a six and four record. That's the San Diego Demons. And rounding off this one at the fifth spot, holding firm, is the OJ's legal team.
1: Yes, thank you, Ben. And the top surgeon here. um, We've got three seven and three teams in our midst. But I can reveal there's been no change to the order from last week. We've got the Straight Cash Homies still at number four, Prestige Worldwide at number three, Park City Lions at number two, and the Grouse at number one. He's shaking his head here. What do you think that means, Keeney?
0: No, it's got nothing to do with the power rankings. I just saw that the waivers went through and Papa beat me with a $0 bid for Wayne Gorman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you must be devastated. I'm shattered. Jeepers. Oh, goodness. So, yeah. I mean, what a day when you're upset about not getting Wayne Gorman for zero dollars.
2: Slim pickings.
0: Oh, mm. well, well, I said it with all due respect, that, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean in the that. Geneva Convention. Just Look at us. And the week 11 previews are brought to us by Papa's Meditation Palace. We put the Zen in a me Zen.
2: Very good. Thank yeah. you to Papa's Meditation Palace, and we'll kick off the previews this week with. The reigning loser, the Stallions, at three and seven, taking on the San Diego Demons at six and four, and the league poll has this at a very convincing sixty-four percent to the Demons over the Stallions, and ironically, identical uh, percentages here from the Meditation Palace. So here we have it, uh, Jim. Let's Jim's usually got some good material about this, and I can see a couple of tasty words here i have no confidence coming up against the wales vagina this week love camo and everything he does for this league there couldn't be a better bloke to hold up the standard of this division it's by margeddon for me this week as the loss of gordon and higby leaves me thin at both positions praying for gronk to get off the injury list and save at least one of my positions I thought Jim was only, he was a sort of just a one position operator. But anyway, we'll move on to Camo. And uh, it's a must win for Jim this week. Pressure is enormous in the build up to this one. Quite a few tough start decisions for him as well. And uh, this will be a close matchup. So every point, every yard counts. Wowee, there is a lot on the line. Kenny, did you have something?
1: No, I was just going to, i just the, the point from Jim struck me. It struck me that he said uh, Higby not uh, playing or on by leaves him thin at that position. Hasn't Jim traded for 16 tight ends this year? How is he thin at the tight end
0: position? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, maybe, Good Lord. How many does he have? Gronk, Higby. He had six when I hit him up for Atkins.
1: Robert, Ponyon, <laughs> Donald, A- A- Parham. A- I don't even know his name. <laughs> That's how bloody Jordan <laughs> he was. Yeah, right.
2: Sorry, keep going, mate, keep going. Um and Camo goes on to say, I see Curtis Samuel is still on the trade block. Any danger of trading him to me? Actually, maybe Keenan Allen would be preferable. Uh <laughs> Keenan Allen just going about his business quietly. I think he's still a high-end wide receiver too. Um so, you know, somewhere where DJ Moore would fit into Pappas' rankings. Um but the the Stallions and I will outscore the Dingers and the DFF by about 100 points this week. Bank it. Well, there's that mutual respect. You can go fuck yourself, Camo. Um, you won't outscore us, as in the DFF and I. I can't believe I'm teaming up. But uh, yeah, good good riddance to. You. Who have uh, Who have you boys picked in this? Are you part of the thirty six percent for the stallions, or are you in the majority?
0: Uh, majority for me.
2: Uh, yeah, no, same for me. Well, if I could have vetoed this vote, I would have. Next game, please.
0: All right. No, wait. Go. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I tip the, the demons. That's the majority. That's, that's the majority. We'll move on.
0: <laughs> welcome, welcome back to the pod, Keeney. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Park City Lions, 7-3, and taking on the Bayside Executioners with the inverted 3-7. and seven. Uh, The league sees this one 90% to the Lions, 9% to the Executioners. Uh, and Sleeper has this one, fairly similar, 86% to the Lions there as well. Um, Look, just some of my thoughts. We didn't really... I just wanted to start off. We didn't really talk about it last week, but uh, with the trade going down and the real-life trade of OBJ to the Rams, uh, they're on buy this week, so not much to talk about there, but what what did we think of the landing spot for Odell to the Rams? I think the the Robert Woods news came after it as well, which changes things a little bit, but what are our thoughts on that landing spot?
1: Yeah, uh, for mine, it was... um It was okay without being outstanding. Okay because of um, what we thought was a pretty high-powered offense. And obviously the the Robert Woods news has probably helped him a fraction, but he goes to a team where he's probably not the wide receiver one, which you would have been hoping for. Um, Or you could argue the wide receiver two, but he is now. Um, So at the time, it was kind of like, okay, maybe he's the wide receiver three on the team. Maybe you could push for that kind of wide receiver two role. In a good offense, he should be okay. But I thought his ceiling maybe was a little limited. Um, yeah, having watched that game or
2: part of it, um, that offense was all over the place. Like, mm. I, I understand not bringing him in because he doesn't know the playbook, but what are your options? Van Jefferson's terrible. All I saw from him was drop after drop, including in, one in the end zone, which Keeney would, would have been very frustrated at because that would have sealed the win. But um, And the other bloke, Schwarzenegger or whoever that was. God, Well, how, how can he be a better option than what yeah. OBJ is? I, I know they were, they were talking about it on the telecast that Robert Woods is that, that tough inside receiver that takes the slants and is willing to get hit. OBJ is probably not that. But they had to make a change with that offense the way it was. It was really hard to watch, and Stafford looked all over the place. I, I'm sure OBJ would have given them some spark.
0: Yeah, I, didn't, I don't have the snap count here. He played something like 30% of snaps or 40%. 18
2: of 60 or something. Was it? something?
0: Mm, okay, so even less than what I thought. But interesting one to see how he's going to adapt to that. I think he's obviously still got the speed and the ability to take a slant to the house, but it's also been a long time since we've seen him uh, absolutely dominate. So it's just hard to know what OBJ actually is anymore. Like is he a has-been or is he just... Hasn't found the right situation again.
2: Well, I would I would liken him to what AB did with the Bucks last year. He'll go in, be a yep. second or third option. He'll want to win a ring. Um, I think the days of him being the star are gone. Uh, but I would I would want to hope for his sake and the Rams that they get him more involved than in what they did on the weekend.
0: Oh, they surely have to. Uh, he got traded. So it was less than a week. I think he was there before, before suiting up. So um, Von Miller didn't look that flash either and he had a pretty he's short time. He's coming off an injury, though, Yeah, not the ankle. Uh, we'll move on, though. Just some other thoughts for this week against uh, Scoot. is I'll just be having to keep a close eye on Chubb. Uh, he's still technically in that COVID protocol. I think it's pretty safe that he'll come out of it, but uh, watch this space. Ernest has been a nice little fill-in every time he, or well, the two times he's had to be the starter there, so I guess they won't rush him back unless they have to. Uh, and then just looking over at Scoot's team with Teddy on bye, it only leaves Scoot with Trevor Simeon as his only QB to start this week. So, you know, if Mahomes scores like he did last week and uh, Lamar goes back to what he's been doing this season, that could be pretty much the difference maker here just with that position. Uh, moving on to Scoot's thoughts. Oh, wow, this is a battle for the ages. Sneaky chance for an upset, he reckons. Uh and I, I see where he's coming from because he touches on it here, and this was some of the thoughts that I had as well. Monty is back. Dylan, more workload. Hopefully, Connor is the lead back again. I could score 400 this week. Well, <laughs> I was following him there until he ripped out the 400. But in all seriousness, with uh, Dylan presumably just going to get the lion share in Green Bay there, Connor uh, had a monster game when Edmonds went out. So, nice little... Tick there, and Monty is looking. I mean, pretty much just took all the snaps away from Herbert when he came back, so he's looking like the workhorse there. So, three very nice options for him at running back. I've just got a little stat here as well that AJ Dillon he's had over 20 carries only twice in his career, but both times scored over 25 points in fantasy when that's happened. Uh, very small sample size, I know, but he is just he's awesome to watch, and uh, he's, he's very nice to watch just. Passing the eye test when he's running on the field. What do you reckon, Keeney?
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Obviously, I drafted him in the startup um, and traded him to, to Scoot. Um, and it, particularly when the um, when the weather gets a bit colder, he's a big dude. Um, mm. He's probably the closest to Derrick Henry out of anyone in terms of athleticism for his size. Um, and so he gets his opportunity with Aaron Jones um, with that with that knee injury for a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll see how he goes. I was probably put off um, AJ Dillon with them re-signing Aaron Jones. I was hopeful that he would be traded somewhere else and AJ Dillon would take the uh, take the role. But um, I reckon he's um, a nice little uh, piece to have for Scooter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the Aaron Jones one, we didn't touch on it earlier in the podcast, but he he sprained his MCL. Was the official diagnosis, I think. So it looked pretty serious at the time. I know it didn't look great. Watching it, Um, a lot of people feared that it could have been season ending and the way that he reacted after it appeared to be pretty significant. So, Nan, it's come out that it's Australian and most likely, you know, a sort of watch this space for a couple of weeks. So, could be two weeks, could be a month. See, uh, I guess the pack will just monitor that pretty closely. But finally, Scoot's last point is the Bayside paper mache team might finally be getting healthy at the wrong time of the season Pack of soft cocks, according to him. So, it's fair to say that Scoot is not enjoying uh, his team this year.
1: Mm. I am, and actually, the AJ Dillon, <laughs> the AJ Dillon one's pretty interesting because if um, if Aaron Jones was, and this is hypothetical, but if Aaron Jones did miss a fair bit of time, geez, he'd be an interesting sort of flip to a contender late in the year. Mm. Um, even though he is younger, Scoot might get some really nice return for that kind of player in that offense. Um, to a contender, but anyway, we'll um, we'll see what happens there. I'll uh, play, um, I'll play
2: devil's advocate to that one. Um, if he does miss a month and AJ Dillon comes in and is the primary back, uh, there's not a crazy world where they don't look back and ride the hot hand with Dillon and you know running. I think Jones signed a pretty hefty contract, but we've seen them be able to rework them and move players on. I thought it was a weird signing. it it, it played a part in. Um, my original pick with the pack with Aaron's uh, with Jones versus Drake. Um, I was surprised when they did re-sign him after drafting AJ Dillon. But yeah, there, there is a world where Dylan is really, really good, and especially this time of year.
1: Yep, yep it's a it's a very good call. Um, the next game here, I'll just preview my own game, which is nice. The Grouse up against Pappas' punishers here. I thought this could have been in game of the week, but then I realized it's really just the one seed versus seven seed. So probably not a huge matchup really in the end. But um, <laughs> the league thinks this is 91% to the grouse and appreciates uh, Pappas' meditation palache. We put the zen in amazing. Um, thanks for the just following up and agreeing with the league there. They've got this one as a 94% to the grouse. I'll start off with Papa's um, sort of zen-like, respectful comments here. The Grouse has created a great list that is the team to beat this year. This is not the week I need to beat him. It's all about the points. So I think he's seeing the writing on the wall there. It's all about him putting up some points and getting in as a wild card this year for the punishers. It's still early in the week, but looks like he will get a few of his options back this week and a few more options to choose from. Um, hopefully, obviously, a few of those injured guys come back for him. But we have the bigger pitcher in mind. So he still sounds pretty confident there, um, but obviously very, very calm. Um, my thoughts on the matchup. we old Zen Papa. Cool, calm, collected, but his team is catastrophic. Back-to-back 80 burgers with no coincidence. It was when his lack of depth and QBs in general shone through. The playoffs are slipping away from Papa, so it'll be intriguing to see at what point he starts to trade away his assets to actual contenders. With no draft picks to come in 2022, and his best player being a 45-year-old, I think the time has come now. Papa falls to below 50% win rate all time after last week's stinker, which won't be surprising to most. He welcomes back Saquon Watch this week, but even still is only a 6% chance to get his first divisional win on the board. And that's including Antonio Brown for a projected 11.7 points. And I'll tell you what, boys, he won't be playing. I've got some very good Himes on this one. And finally, in the spirit of Papa, as Confucius once said, it was only when a mosquito landed on Papa's testicles did he realise there is always a way to solve problems without using violence. (laughs)
0: He's a fan of his own work (laughs) there. He's he's had to pull away from the mic with the laughs there. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, maybe uh, we'll have to maybe reach out to Papa and give him a right of reply there because I wonder if he's going to be so zen after hearing all those barbs just thrown his way from Keeney.
2: I always love a Confucius reference. Um, I'm not sure there'll be any in this preview, but we'll get on with it. Uh, the Humdingers 1-9 and nine take on the DFF 2-8. and eight. What a blockbuster this is. Now, history shows us there's been some TNF uh, absolute shockers, what you think, in the previews, yet they turn out to be quite good games. So maybe this might be a, another display of that. But the league has the Dingers 64% favourites over the DFF. The league knows all. That's all I'll say. Um, and Ooh. who doesn't know all is the meditation bloody palace, <laughs> uh, Papa's <laughs> meditation palace. We put the Zen in a Zen. They don't know what they're talking about because the ding is a twenty-seven percent versus the DFF seventy-three percent. Now, I'm gonna flip this rundown. Because I want to finish. I don't want Steph to have the last say in this one. Steph says, the battle of the number one pick. Oops, I nearly forgot. I got the dingers first. I'll give it, I'll give a little take on that in a second after I get rid of this <laughs> dribble. Uh, Joe Flackdick would like an apology from Chris Keane right now. What a stupid take that was last week. Mike White could be the starter moving forward, you said. It only took you one week to be proven wrong. Be fucking better. And may the best team win. That means I'll be victorious, baby. Um, before I get my right of reply, uh, Bobby Woods, um, bit of a loss there for Steph. Interesting that he put him on the trade block, a 31-year-old wide receiver who's just done his knee.
0: Yeah, interesting time to put someone on the trade block after they do uh, a season-ending injury. You would think that trying to get rid of assets while they still hold value uh, would be most people's tactics, I would have thought. Well,
2: you could argue that he never held value because he had him on the trade block for most of the year and got very, very upset when other wide receivers were getting traded and old Bobby was just still
1: sitting there. Um,
2: any take on Bobby Woods there, Keeney, before I move on?
1: No, it's, uh, it's that's interesting. I didn't realise he was uh, upset about that. Um, obviously, not great news for, for Bobby Woods and probably the timing around this time of year for a, a 29, 30-year-old, I think he is. Um, it's unfortunate. Obviously, he won't come back till midway through next year as a 30, 31-year-old. Um, probably the question I've got is, why is why is someone uh, with the DFS squad, a very young squad, a, a squad that's building, bro, why would a 29-year-old contender type of piece be sitting on his roster instead of being actively traded to a contender?
0: So you don't you don't see a 31-year-old... Bobby Woods being in the championship picture for the DFF? That's what you're saying?
1: Yep. Potentially not because it's all about him building, bro.
0: That's true. I
1: would, uh, I would argue Henry Ruggs is
2: more of an option than Bobby Woods for that title chase. But the uh, the battle, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I just want to return serve on this um, first point by Stefan. Uh claiming that he has mine, which my first pick, which he has, which will be very juicy. But a couple of things. I keep. He, I think he keeps forgetting that I have scoots, which will be of similar value. So I'm not out of the first round there, big fella. And also, uh, if we remember correctly, or Ben, do you want to run us through what happened in the lottery last year? I think Steph thinks this is more of the NFL where you finish is where you pick and he forgets that there's a lottery and it's not set in stone that you'll be picking first.
0: That's right I think Steph uh, clearly sewed up the number one uh, rights or odds for the pick last year which was a 48% or 46% chance Keeney might have the stats right there available but we all know how that played out and that was that casino coin flip didn't go in Steph's favour and the number two Wright's actually got the the go ahead over him. So he didn't get his boy Trevor in the end.
2: There you go. Now, here's the real return of serve. <clears throat> uh, the DFF is going to need a lot better than that 80s show to get over the fast-improving dingers this week. Damian Harris is a boost for sure. Uh, that's some good news he got yesterday. Uh, but J- Joe Flacco gets the nod. I'm not sure if that's a negative or a negative, And he will be hoping that the NFL Top 100 Cole Beasley shrugs off this rib injury he's been carrying. Otherwise, it could be a long day at the factory. Speaking of long, Cam is back. The NFL is better for having this bloke scoring tuddies, leading the Panthers on the sideline with his motivational ways. But most importantly, showboating his way to the press conferences. Just a joy to watch the big man work in his magic. And uh, it has been announced he will get the start this week. So, in the lineup, he goes. I know I said Swagnew is the barometer, but Cam could have other um, ideas about that. And lastly, will the DFF dare take on the almighty Swagnew who was just mentioned with a head-to-head against his teammate, LaVisca? Chenault is a forgotten man at the Jags with the emergence of the Swag. He's uh, The Swag has jumped in the slot. I'm not sure where LaVisca is in that uh, weird name, but... Um, I'm very much enjoying the next man up by the swag.
0: He's looking pretty good. He had a very nice... Uh, how long was that touchdown? It was like 60...
1: 66.
0: Six yards. Very juicy.
1: Question, question to the uh, podcast without notice. Uh, in the Superflex, would you rather start uh, Cole Comet, <laughs> Darnell Mooney, Jalen Waddell, or Joe Flacco?
2: It's, uh, it's Joe Flack dick to you, Keeney. Sorry, flaccid. <laughs> uh I'm not I don't want to give uh, Steph any pointers, but I'd I'd definitely start the flak dick if I were him.
0: Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very serious look on Hod's face right now as well, so he is definitely not trying to confuse the DFF. I won't weigh in because I just like the thought of Steph having to think about which of his illustrious picks he has to put in that flex spot. But, Steph, it's all good because uh, we Timos showed last week that you can roll an Alan Lazard 1.7 out there in the super flex and still get a win against the top dog. So, you know, don't overthink it too much, Steph, even though we all know you will overthink it. Let's move on to the next game, shall we?
1: Yeah, we will. The OJ's legal team here comes up against Johnny Unitas's haircut. The, uh, the league poll here was, uh, OJ pretty convincing 91%. And as we kind of touched on earlier, it's, uh, it's, it's Manny wanting to probably get the, get the L for this game. He, he's already discussed to me that he wanted to bench all of his starters so that Jake could win, but I'm not having any of that. If you're listening, Steve, that will result in draft pick penalties and I know you've got a lot of them so set the lineup your best possible lineup and what happens will happen Um, and you probably won't win anyway so don't worry about it well he's Um, he's
0: currently taking that threat pretty seriously because I'll run you through some of his starters that he's got in as we speak old Dwayne Haskins for a zero as he's starting QB (laughs) he's put uh, Van Jefferson on by as his second wide receiver he's put in Max XX Williams as his tight end uh, Who's out injured, and he's put uh Mason Rudolph as his super flex there for a zero. So he's got four zeros currently and a couple of 0.8s or something in the projection. So mm. he's taken that threat pretty seriously by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, his bench looks good. Um, Jake's a few points here from Jake, and uh, another plea to the fantasy gods, really. But uh, finally, some green on the page of the legal team. He likes what he sees from a matchup point of view this week, I think. Fingers crossed the boys can capitalize on some favorable matchups to put up a decent score, which obviously we know is pretty relevant here. He's chasing uh, Papa for that six seed currently, and he's chasing a good self for the division two Ben. So a nice score would be handy for OJ's legal team. We don't have a good record against the haircuts. 0 2 all time. I've got IT on that one hot, and they can confirm 0 <laughs> 2 all time against the haircuts here, the uh, legal team, which is interesting to note. Um, and he's had a look at sort of the matchup here, and he's a bit confused why uh, why uh, he's starting so many crappy players. But uh, he said basically, whichever Pittsburgh QB you uh, you start, that's fine. He can they can just throw it to his boys, Pat Fryer, Muth, and the big fellow Najee Harris. Um, is and final point here from Jake? I, I appreciate this point. It's not about Jake. It's not about Manny. But uh, is scoring eighty enough to break the Zen of Mister Papageorous? Come on, you midget. Fuck, fire up. Jeez. Knock off the grass this week and make it interesting for the rest of us. Uh, happy to read that one out, Jakey. You no know, problem
0: there. Oh, I would um, we over we'll to, have to get uh, HR onto that one for uh, the political correctness yeah. there from Jake. <laughs> yes. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's not something this podcast is overly strong at. But um, from Manny, there's zero chance on earth that Jake will lose this matchup. Well, we know where his motivations lie here. Um our other one in a couple of weeks will be the same. I'll do whatever it takes to ensure that I lose and then take my three uh, take three of my top six picks all the way to the bank, which is obviously his main strategy, which we touched on earlier on in the podcast. Continuing my list of arguments as to why the Bo Callahan division is the strongest division. Last week, he said that all four teams have career-winning records. This week, he's claiming that 100% of EDL championships have been won by this division. Very, very clever. That's actually, correct. And yep. next week, next week, just throwing some shade. Which of the Sunny Weaver teams should take Henry Ruggs for their twenty-year rebuild? Just throwing some shade on the Sunny Weaver division, basically saying there's absolutely there's absolutely zero threat that there's, there's going to be any titles coming out of that division over the next twenty years. Hod, what are your thoughts on that, please? It's
2: blasphemy.
1: That's what it is.
0: It was only a few weeks ago that he was. Having you in the final with him in 2023, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not now sure. Now he's right. just, he's said you're 20 years off the mark.
2: I'm really not sure. Like, no. I think we've spoken all of three words since then, so I'm not really sure what's happened.
0: Well, we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to pry the thinking of Manny over the next few weeks and see if he might deliver some insight on that. But let's move on to our final one, the match of the week. And you did allude to this last week, Keeney, that uh, your division will feature quite heavily in the match of the week, but you must also be quite lonely because this is one of the first few weeks you haven't featured in the match of the week. How does that feel?
1: Well, I think it's more opponent-based than anything else, so that's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is your division rivals, the McMahons themselves, Prestige Worldwide, sitting at 7-3, taking on the Straight Cash homies who are also on 7-3. Oh, boy, wowee. Wowee. Does this matchup look interesting in the context of the season? Uh, the league sees this one 73% to Prestige Worldwide, but Sleeper right now has it a bit more one-sided, and that is 90% to uh, the Prestige Worldwide. And that is those numbers there, thanks to Papa's Meditation Palace puts the Zen in a May Zen. So thank them for that. But uh it might be a bit of fool's gold, the old... Uh, Predictions? What are they? Projections? There's the word I'm trying to think of. Uh, because there are a few team, a few players on Tim list there that could boost that percentage. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Thais' thoughts are my own flesh and blood. Not just a dynasty showdown, but an NFC North showdown as well. Alluding to the Pack and Vikings. What a time to be alive. We may be on a 4-5 seed showdown in week one of the playoffs. So... If you can't wait to go against CMC three times in the next five weeks, that is, sorry, I read that. Uh, it's been a while since i fucked up, so sorry, Thais, I'll say that. <laughs> if so, Thais can't wait to go against CMC three times over the next five weeks. And you pointed out, Keeney, that is a petrifying position to be in when CMC is up and about, so a nice proposition
2: there. Uh, Thais will be shattered with that because he put a little lull at the end of it, so you know he liked that material and you went out and fucked it.
0: I'm kind of glad I butchered it, to be honest. Um, But no, CMC is... They're nursing him back nicely from injury there, so Timos has got to be happy about that one. And uh, his final point is, and just remember, I could have drowned you as a child and you were adopted. So, (laughs) wow. (laughs) There's uh, some scarring going on for these two growing up, apparently. (laughs) But... um, We'll move on to Tim Moss's thoughts. He, he did give the the early crow in his review, but he didn't go the even earlier crow in his preview two weeks ago or whatever it would have worked out to be. So we've jumped in with some points like we always do for you, Tim Moss, so we got you covered. Uh, and we did talk about the Pappas, What is it? Papper's meditation. meditation Palace. They put the Zen in Amazing. They had it at 90% to Prestige Worldwide in the projections there. But Kyla currently, Claypool and Kamara all sitting on Timos's bench, all with the questionable tag there. I think uh, Claypool and Kamara both practice this week, so lots of uh, good upside there for them. And Kyler looks to be another game-time decision. So uh, even just Claypool and Kamara in his lineup gives him a nice little boosty boost right there. Um, so, yeah, while the projections do look a bit one-sided right now, I think if those three get up, it, it works out to be about even Stevens in the projection. So that really just plays into our match of the week, doesn't it? Which would be very nice. Um, And I just want to, this is on a side note, and I reckon Hod, I might've even alluded to this. So I just want to get your thoughts, maybe Keeney before Hod's in that. These are some of Timos' wide receivers here. He's got Julio, he's got Claypool, Metcalf, Pittman, and Mike Evans. Who do you reckon is his current highest ranked wide receiver on the season at this point overall?
1: Uh, I think it's the young buck, up and coming, Michael Pittman you from the Horse Shoe.
0: bang on! He is sitting number eight on the season, and I think mm-hmm. from memory when we discussed the startup draft, Timos thought he might have reached a little bit in the start off when he got him, but I don't think he's thinking that thought anymore. Uh, he's having an awesome season. It's just
2: we we talk about it that second year wide receiver jump. Um, <clears throat> Claypool was the darling pick of the offseason to be that. Um, but it's his other one, big Michael Pittman, uh, who has jumped up and Carson Wentz loves.
0: I think, uh, yeah, from all reports, he's he's now Michael Pittman's senior. He's just playing that well. He's no longer <laughs> junior. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's a nice little uh, thing to have on his record. <laughs> Finally got it. Goat it? good it. He's in the concussion protocol, which uh, is another little thing for Timos to watch because... Uh, yeah, there's a chance that he might not be cleared of that, which means that he's locked into his Conklin uh, at tight end, which last week, as Keeney pointed out, is Conklin. Uh, last week, we didn't run through it. You you were bitter about it when you were talking about your matchup. He had three catches for 11 yards and two touchdowns. So that's what you want in a tight end. It's such a good position, isn't it, at times? Uh, so it looks like he will have to get the nod at that tight end position if Godet doesn't get the nod. Any thoughts, boys?
2: Nah, none, none really other than you're always looking for a decent conklin. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> Keeney, help us out here. Nah, no. Nah, it's, a, it's a big game, 7 and 3. It's uh it's a, it's a big game in terms of the division, in terms of playoffs. It's got a lot of implications and therefore game of the week, looking forward to it.
0: Massive game. And that being said, we thought about finishing on a bit of a let's get divisional, but we got to—we uh, don't want to overuse that drop. But we can just confirm in talks of divisions, uh, there is a juicy little proposition this week, and that is if the San Diego Demons get the win over the Stallions, they lock up the playoffs then and there and wouldn't come out. If he wasn't getting much sleep over the... Uh, the lead-up to the match with the DFF, I can only imagine how little sleep he's going to get and how much whiskey will be consumed over the course of now to Monday morning. Uh, Keeney, on the phone, how did it yes. feel?
1: Uh, look, it's not the same as uh, thinking a few Greg Normans with you great fellas, but um, hopefully we'll be back next week, mate. Should be good. Just on Camo. People forget he was 2-4. Four. Won four in a row, going for five in a row this week. And as you said, to clinch the division, um, nice rise from the San Diego Demons. It may just be the year of the Demon. What do you reckon, Hodge?
2: <laughs> I reckon that uh, I'd usually look to our host here, Benny's Way, for this. But Kenny, let's be honest, mate. It was your hook for the of this week. You did not have to bring old COVID into it just to, just to be missing from the trio. Um, <laughs> we will sting you next week and hopefully you're back with us for a bit of laksa curry but uh it's all about operation two and 0. that's the motivation for the dingers this week and that's all they need we do thank again papa's meditation palace they may put the zen in amazing but the dingers put the d in the double f's podcast over and out